0: You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 28. I'll be reading verses 16 through 20. Uh, This is the end of the Gospel of Matthew, and I read this morning from the Good News Translation, which is the same translation as your pew Bibles, and so if you want to follow along with today's reading, it is on page 45 in the New Testament of your Bibles. Matthew tells us that the eleven disciples went to the hill in Galilee where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped, even though some of them doubted. Jesus drew near and said to them, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Go then to all peoples everywhere and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And I will be with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks for who you are. We give you thanks for the gift of your word. We just simply pray now that the meditation of all of our hearts and the words of my mouth would be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, amen. How is it that you've come here this morning? And by that, I don't mean your mode of transportation. I don't mean if you walked or drove or teleported here. How have you come here this morning? How you doing? How are you feeling today? And I know that in asking that question, our answers are going to be as varied as all of us here. Very seldom are are two people feeling the same thing at the same time. Maybe we're mad about something that happened at work this week. Or we're replaying that embarrassing moment that took place that we just can't quite get the loop to stop going and going and going. No matter how we're here today, maybe we're feeling something and it's going to distract us despite our best efforts from being fully present. Maybe as we gather here today, we're doing just fine. Great. Maybe we're not doing very well. And maybe we just don't want to talk about it, thank you very much. The interesting thing about us and about our emotions is that we can be feeling two things at the same time. Even if those two things are diametrically opposed from one another. I mean, it can be that maybe we're happy about something, a new opportunity that is standing in front of us, but that leaves us room to mourn what we're going to be leaving behind. Or maybe we're sad about something not working out as the way that we intended it to, but we're proud of ourselves because as we stand here, we're standing in our integrity. How is it that, you have, that you've come here today? How are you doing? If I'm being honest with you this morning, I'm okay adjacent I'm physically fine, I'm mentally fine, I'm spiritually fine, but yet today is a challenging day. Because as I mentioned at the start of worship, today is Trinity Sunday. And this can be a hard day to approach. There's a lot of different special Sundays in the life of the church, but most of them center around an event. Christmas is the event of Jesus being born. Epiphany is the event of the Magi coming to the place where Jesus' natal star rested. Easter is the event of the resurrection. Even last week with Pentecost, it was the event of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Not many Sundays focus around doctrine. And there are few doctrines in our Christian faith that are as complicated as the doctrine of the Trinity. And so if you were hoping to leave here this morning with a fully expressed and and bulletproof explanation of what the Trinity is and how it works and how we can faithfully believe in it, (sighs) sorry. And that's hard for me. There are no magic words. There are no silver bullet explanations for how one plus one plus one can still equal one. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around the Godhead, how God can exist in three distinct persons but be one united God, one God now and forever. Anyone else confused? Because this isn't going to help. What's interesting for me is that the bewilderment that we might experience as we try to approach God and who God is might be similar to the mix of emotions that the disciples were experiencing as they approached Jesus on the hillside in Galilee. As we read scripture today, the question that we ask ourselves is, how are they? In light of all that the disciples had experienced, it had to have been a mix of emotions. When we meet the disciples in our scripture for today, Jesus has died and has risen from the dead, and the post-resurrection appearances have left them perplexed. And I'm sure on one level they are happy that Jesus is not actually dead, but this time of life that they're living into now raises some serious questions about what's going to happen next. It would be the same mix of emotions that you and I would feel if life was turned upside down and the way forward was in no way clear or secure. And what's interesting to me is that Matthew's gospel does give us some insight into how exactly the disciples are doing. What we're told in Scripture is that as the disciples approached Jesus on the hillside in Galilee, they worshipped, even though some of them doubted. And what's even more interesting is that what's happening in Matthew's Gospel is bigger than what our English translations can really convey. When we hear the words the disciples worshipped and some doubted, it makes it sound like individual disciples had a different reaction to Jesus on the hillside. As if the and it's as it's as if the doubt that Thomas experienced and 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 expressed after the resurrection spread. But what's actually happening is that the word that Matthew chooses to use to express doubt is not the word doubt that gets used in the rest of the New Testament. It's a word that's used one other time, and it's a word that conveys a mix. What is happening in the Scripture is a lot more interesting, and what ha- what's happening in Scripture is a lot more human. It's a mix. The disciples worshipped and doubted. Each one of them, all at the same time. All eleven, at the same time, worshipped and doubted. They were not sure and steadfast in their belief all at the same time, all at once. They were a mix of two seemingly conflicting emotions. They worshipped and they doubted. They worshipped and they doubted. In the midst of all the emotions swirling around, Jesus remains undeterred and presses on to address the disciples. Jesus says that all authority in uh, in earth and in heaven has been given to him, and he is passing that authority on to the disciples. And he tells them to go then to all peoples and to make them into disciples. Jesus says to these confused disciples, he commissions them. He tells them to go and to proclaim and to teach and to baptize and specifically in the threefold name of God, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Even in the midst of everything that's happening on the mountain, even in the midst of all of the emotions swirling around, even in the midst of their worship and their doubt, Jesus gives this commission to the disciples. He gives them what we now call the Great Commission, with no regard for how they are feeling in the moment. Jesus does not wait for the disciples to have it all figured out. Jesus does not wait for the disciples to be able to express an irreproachably orthodox doctrinal position on the doc- on the doctrine of the Trinity or really any other statement of faith either. Jesus does not wait for the disciples to be able to express the fullness of God without falling into heresy. No, what Jesus did do instead was to commission the disciples to call the disciples, to empower the disciples, to task the disciples with a responsibility to proclaim the love of God made known in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And in the same way as modern-day disciples of Jesus Christ, perhaps we too are filled with worship and doubt with a mix of emotions. Even if we cannot, fath- because the reality is, is, even if we cannot perfectly and faithfully express the doctrine of the Trinity, Jesus' words are for us. In the midst of our worship, in the midst of our doubt, in the midst of every other experience, every other emotion, we may be experiencing Jesus' words Of commission remain and they are for us. Jesus has entrusted you and me with an authority and a responsibility to go to all peoples and to make them disciples. Jesus has provided us with an opportunity to go and to proclaim God's love to teach people and to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We are called to teach about the true nature of God, to tell people about the mighty and saving acts of God, and tell people how much God loves them. And when that feels impossible, when living into that commission feels unlikely, when it feels like trying to, you know, completely explain the doctrine of the Trinity without making any kind of missteps. When our capacity for doubt feels like it will outweigh our ability to worship. All we need to do is look to the rest of what Jesus says. And find comfort and strength in those words. Because in the midst of swirling emotions, in the midst, in the midst of worship, in the midst of doubt that's happening in the lives of the disciples, Jesus reminds them I will be with you always to the end of the age. I'll be with you always. The God who was present with humanity from the very dawn of creation, the God who took on flesh and dwelt among us, the God whose spirit moves and breathes and works within us is with us. No matter how we're doing today, no matter how it is that we've come here today, God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is with us always. No matter how we've come here. And no matter where we will go next to live out the words that Jesus gave to us, we go forth to proclaim and to teach and to baptize, to live into this commission. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Living and loving God, we give you thanks for who you are. We give you thanks for the complexity of who you are. And we give you thanks for our desire to apply our finite minds to your infinite nature. In the midst of understanding, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of worship and in the the midst of doubt, help us to call to our minds your promises and especially the promise to be with us always. You did not wait for us to have everything fully figured out. You commissioned us anyway. And give us the strength and the courage and the conviction to live out your commission in every step that we take. In your name we pray. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.